This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Well, we have seen an incredible run for Lego and, of course, the Lego movie from a couple of years ago. Their various partnerships have seen sales go through the roof, but now Lego is taking the next step in their development as they look to take on one of their rivals and partners, Minecraft. They're coming out with a Lego version of uh, the popular video game just in time for the holidays to take a look at this new product and the growth of Lego over the last several years. We welcome in Dave Robertson, who you know very well as host of Innovation Navigation right here on Sirius XM 111 every Tuesday morning. He's also Wharton Professor of Practice uh, and also the author of the book Brick by Brick, How Lego Rewrote the Rules of Innovation and Conquered the Global Toy Industry. And it's great to have you here in the studio. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's strange to sit in this seat. <laughs> I was going to say, I've got, I'm in the leadership chair, and, and you're uh, over in the guest chair right now. Uh, give us your, your thoughts on this move by Lego to get into the video game industry. Well, let me give you a little context. Let me take a step back, yep. because it's not Lego's first attempt to get into the, the uh, online gaming industry. Right. Um, it actually started back in 1994. Okay. So it was the autumn of 94, and this guy with wild hair and a long beard going down to his chest named Dante Leon du Midi okay. walks up to the headquarters of Lego in Billund, Denmark, knocks on the door and said, I want to talk to your president. I've got this great virtual Lego simulation. Okay. And he doesn't get in to see the president, but he creates, he, he shows off this thing of four minutes of Lego spaceships going around a Lego universe and just blows people away. They end up investing probably, you know, I, I couldn't get numbers on this, but probably in the $100 million range uh, on this guy and his team. They right. had, at its peak, 120 people working for him. Uh, they had the largest collect, one of the largest collections in the, in the world of high-end graphics supercomputers right. trying to create this whole 3D environment for Lego. And in the end... It, it all came to nothing. They shut hmm. it all down in 1999. They basically chose the wrong geometry for your nerd listeners. They chose <laughs> B-splines instead of NURBS. Hard to believe, okay, right? Yeah, I, I oh, can't my believe. God. It well, seems well, so obvious, How right? can you make that mistake? <laughs> okay. But, but, but basically, if you, if you choose the fundamental math wrong, then everything on top of that has to be redone. So they shut sure, it yeah. all down in 99. Yeah. So cut 10 years later, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's 2005, and they decide to go back in. And they, 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 uh, they, instead of trying to do it all themselves, they find a really good company. They, they, serve, they do a big RFP, a request for proposal from dozens of companies around the world and right. visit all kinds of places. They finally find a company in Colorado named NetDevil that's done some really cool video games. And they say, we're going to create this multiplayer online gaming world. This is before Minecraft was even started. Right. Um, and they end up uh, putting at least $30 million into this effort. And the whole thing comes to nothing again. So hmm. what, what happens is they launch the thing in, in August of 2010. It lasts about 14 or 15 months, and they shut the whole thing down hmm. in January of 2011. And, it, you know, the problem with it, and I, I, uh, we're going to go to kind of a, a dark place here, um, but the problem with any kind of multiplayer online gaming experience is that there's this small but kind of 
damaged subgroup of people yeah. that as soon as yes. you create this environment where you can build things, they immediately try and build the most obscene things possible. And that there's okay. actually a term of art in the industry called TTP, which is time to penis. And, and you know, it's, it's kind of funny, but it's not, right? I mean, if you're making a Lego video game, that's not what you want your kids to see when they sign into this, you know, uh, so they this were, multiplayer online building environment. They're making phallic symbols Giant phallic symbols. One of the first things that happened was a German gaming magazine, in reviewing the game, built a giant purple right in the middle, right? Phallus right in the middle of oh the gaming. Oh, my God. And, and the thing is, though, uh, Lego had expected <laughs> this. Lego knew about this. Right. And so Lego spent an awful lot of time in the development of that game, basically preventing penises. I mean, they spent a whole lot of time, you know, making sure that that kind of stuff would be caught. But, and oh, there's also that kind of creepy stuff about pedophilia and everything sure, else. And, and they have to yeah. watch the kids don't accidentally reveal their address and phone numbers right. and things like that. And, right. you know, what, what do you do if a kid builds their phone number and address out of Lego on their house? You know, oh, you had God. to watch yeah. for that. Yeah. I mean, the yeah. multiplayer online gaming uh, world is huge, hugely profitable, but hugely dangerous. For Lego. Well, and if you go back, uh, you know, back to that time, I mean, it was realistically, it was it was still kind of a little bit of a wild west, wasn't it? And it, and it's still, I think, to degree today is correct. A- absolutely, yeah. And so, so they spend thirty million dollars. They end up buying this company, NetDevil, and then shutting everything down and firing everybody. Um, mm. And meanwhile, and, and this must have really galled the the Danes who were doing this yeah. across that that narrow sea between Denmark and Sweden, the yeah. Orisund. There's this part-time Swedish programmer named yeah. Marcus Persson, Notch, and he just in his spare time creates Minecraft, which becomes, of course, wildly successful and is basically just like. Um, uh, Lego Universe, this game I was describing, yeah. it's a brick-based, block-based building environment where you can create whatever you want, and it's got a game attached to it, and Minecraft takes off, and Lego gets shut down after 14, 15 months. So the the new game that they're, that they're getting involved, it is not, uh, as you were telling me before, it, it does not allow you to be in a community. This is almost a one-on-one experience, correct? It is a one-on-one experience now. Um, okay. So it is in pre-release beta. It comes out uh, in February of 2017, I think okay. is the current date, which is kind of interesting. Why would you take a video game and release it in February? Yeah, right. I've, I've got a theory about that. Um, but uh, right now, it's only a single player game. It wasn't done by Lego. It was done by Lego's longtime partner, TT Games. Okay. Uh, TT Games is headed up by Tom Stone, who was actually fired from Lego in their 2003 downsizing when they were close to bankruptcy. So he went off, he started a video game. A company called TT Games with another guy, Jonathan Smith, and they were the ones that did Lego Star Wars, Lego Batman, Lego Indiana Jones, right. all those great kind of single or multiplayer, but not massively multiplayer games, right? Those you can play with two or three or four sure. people on yeah. your console or your PC, but you can't play with all your friends. So, so why why do you think that they that they decided on a February release? Because you would think that if you're trying to really have that wow factor, you would have it ready to go either right at Thanksgiving or shortly after Thanksgiving to get the holiday rush. Right. And and why was the Lego movie brought out in February of 2014? Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Why not at Christmas? Well, I had Dan Lin on my show, um, yeah. and I asked him that question, and he was he clearly wanted it to come out at Christmas. It was ready. Um, huh. But uh, think about it if you're Lego. 
right now they cannot make enough Lego. They announced earlier this yeah. year that they were rationing Lego. Um, yeah. They're they're you know working to open up a new factory in China next year, um, which will just um, supply Asia. Yeah. But right now they don't need help selling Lego at Christmas. They need help selling Lego in February. Okay. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you're going to create a, a video game like that, yeah. probably there's the plan to have toys related to that. So maybe there's sure. some things they did this in Lego Universe. There was a rocket ship that was critical, and that that previous generation ten years ago, uh, that was critical to the gameplay. You you took off on on this rocket from one planet to another, right. and they were going to sell that as a toy. I would imagine that embedded in this new game Lego Worlds, well, that there are some toys that they sell. And now that I think about it, I, I guess partly one of the reasons why you would push off the debut of of this game to February of 2017 is the fact that also because you have a partnership with Star Wars, there's a new Star Wars film coming out this holiday season. And obviously that you're, you're going to have a lot of focus on all of the product that is linked to, to that movie. So why, again, why would you, you, you basically be cutting yourself to spite your face, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, the, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, Dave Robertson joins us, uh, author of the book uh, Brick by Brick, uh, How Lego Rewrote the Rules of Innovation and Conquered the Global Toy Industry. Uh, he is also a host of Innovation Navigation here on Sirius XM 111 every Tuesday morning. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. What's interesting about this, as a lot of people know, is that Lego has a partnership with Minecraft. They basically had done a a Minecraft Lego uh, of the actual physical bricks that the, you know that kids can buy in the stores. So it's interesting that you have that relationship with them. Yet now you're trying to outdo them on another angle. Yeah, and the the history of that toy is is interesting because that wasn't actually Lego's choice. So oh really? Yeah. Huh. So Lego um, started out. Uh, exploring this idea of innovation tournaments, something that Wharton has, uh, two of my colleagues here at Wharton wrote a book about and that we like very much here at Wharton. Um, but this idea of going out and um, soliciting ideas from your customers, from your employees for new products or, or for innovation challenges that you have as a company. Right. Well, Lego started doing that. And so to this day, if you go to Lego Ideas, just Google Lego Ideas, mm-hmm. you'll see a site where fans, anybody... You or me could suggest a toy, and if enough people like it, if 10,000 people say, yes, this would make a great toy, then it goes to the next round. And of those, um, every I think it's every six months, mm-hmm. of those, Lego selects one or two that become actual products, and Lego hmm. gives 1% of the, um, of the revenues from that toy to the inventor of the idea. Which and is so, great. Yeah. And so they've had things like Big Bang Theory is now a Lego set. Um, <laughs> the guy who uh, was the character animator on Wally um, is on a movie, big yeah. time Lego fanatic, yeah. um, Angus McLean. And he, uh, he actually, to kind of get Wally right, he built it out of Lego. And so when this uh, Lego Ideas uh, uh, contest came out, he yeah. submitted his version of Wally, and it, it's now a toy that you can buy, designed by the guy. Which is interesting. You, you mentioned about Lego Ideas because uh, I was reading an article about in New York Magazine about about Lego, and the the line I was going to bring up was Lego is an idea as much as it is a toy, and, mm. and that's I guess that's the mindset that the company has. 
and because a lot of people have it as an idea rather than necessarily just a toy. Yeah. So coming back to Minecraft. So once they announced this uh, Lego Ideas Forum, this this way that you could suggest uh, a Lego toy, um, somebody suggested a Minecraft toy, right? I mean, yeah. it was inevitable. Yeah. And within 48 hours, the fastest ever, uh, there was 10,000 people who said, yes, you have to make this. Yeah. So then they yeah. go to Sweden. Um, they say, can we do this? They, they love the idea in Sweden. And so it became a toy. And then, uh, you know, it's kind of an interesting question. Like, does the person who suggested that get 1% of the revenues of just that first toy or uh, yeah. of all the Minecraft? Because it's yeah. a line of toys yes. now, right? There's a whole set of Minecraft toys. Yeah. And Lego was smart enough to write into the contract that it's, it, it's only the first toy. And so now that it's a, a line of toys that... All okay, the profit's going to them. All the profit is going to Minecraft and to Lego, yeah. It, yeah. Is it, it, does it amaze you how much, and having written extensively about Lego, how much... Lego has changed the toy industry over the last decade or so. I mean, it, it, I remember Legos when I was a kid, and, and obviously they were, you know, they were a very important toy for me. And then Lego kind of felt, and maybe it was, was just me being a teenager and going to college, but it felt like Lego went away for a while. And now all of these partnerships that they have, as you mentioned, Star Wars and, and Minecraft, you name it. Lego is as big as anything it's you know ever in it, in the career of its of its being around. It, it was you, Dan. I don't know if you've read the right. book, but yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're mentioned on page two hundred and thirty that uh, when you went away, the the company That's, really suffered. I, I knew that. Yeah, no. exactly. No, the the whole issue of story is something that um, uh, Lego found that if if all they offered was a box of bricks then, you know, anybody could make that brick, right? Yeah. The patents all expired in the 80s. Yeah. And it was really stories that animated those bricks. And if you could um, tell the story and get kids involved with the story, then you made the brick irresistible. And so whether it's a story that's created um, by somebody else like Star Wars, mm -hmm. um, which was really the one that taught Lego about the power of story, or whether it's one that they create themselves like Bionicles or Ninjago or the Lego movie, um, having that story draws kids to the brick. And, yeah. and the criticism is, well, there's only one best way to build that, you know, Star Wars, Millennium Falcon or X-Wing fighter. Um, but my advice to parents is always teach your kids to rebuild, right? Take sure. it apart. They yeah. hate it at first, but that's where they really learn that creative construction that is so important. Well, for... I, I see a few of them. My son loves Legos and he loves the Star Wars Legos right now. And I see a few of the smaller ones that they actually do now have specifically designed where you can create maybe two or three smaller pieces out of one set. Which is, you know, that's a that's a very unique thought process. It plays off exactly what you're talking about, but instead of the parent and the child thinking along that line, this is the company thinking along that line. Yeah, the Lego Creator series is, yep. I think, what you're talking about yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Dave Robertson joins us, uh, host of Innovation Navigation here on Sirius XM 111. We're talking about uh, Lego uh, getting into uh, the world of video gaming. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. So is the timing of, of what is going on in the gaming space, does, does the timing work as well as anything for this, for Lego to to have a level of success in this. As you mentioned, they've tried it twice before. It didn't work out 
but now with way the way that gaming is and Minecraft having the success that it has had, and maybe even the 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 level of technology and the level of understanding by the consumer, is the timing a, as important a factor as anything in this? Yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, of course, uh, the technology is just changing so rapidly. And this is not the only digital experiment going on. Legos had yeah. a couple of smaller digital experiments that are kind of hybrids, right? So they yeah. had a um, uh, an iPad game that you would build something and you could take a picture of it and it appeared in the game and then you could race the car that you built or something like that. Sure. Um, that was really bad. Um, then they've come up with Lego Dimensions, which was you build a portal and you have characters and that's your controller of the console game that you play on Xbox or it's something. Kind of like the Disney, uh, what Disney exactly. did with, with yeah. their yeah. Uh, with their version of it. And I, d I don't have any data on how well that's doing, but it doesn't seem to be doing that well. And so Lego's doing what you know we in innovation say you should do, which is take lots of experiments and see what works and not. They seem to be putting a lot more effort into this Lego Worlds, um, right. but uh, it's it's by no means the only strategic initiative that they're taking in in this digital area. In terms of their level of innovation, how how do they? Re I mean, they're reaching the the consumer on on a variety of different levels right now. I mean, obviously with the products that they have, but how how I mean, how do they have that touch point? I've seen you know obviously a variety of different uh, building processes of people building you know various displays out of Legos you know in various malls or 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 museums around the country right now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, are you asking kind of how do how do they facilitate yeah. that? Or yeah. yeah. So they're they're always um, supporting these uh, adult fans of Lego. So there's these amazing um, creators that do these constructions that are wonderful advertisements for the possibilities of what you can do with Lego. And they get together. Um, probably, if you're near a major city, there's probably some group of Lego fanatics that get together once a year to show off their creations. <laughs> and it's a wonderful thing to do to take the kids to. Um, and uh, and so Lego supports that in a kind of quiet way. Okay. Um, not a formal way, but if, uh, if, if you or I were a, uh, part of one of these recognized clubs, then a couple things happen, and Lego's really smart about this. They they take um, they take uh, an ambassador from each club. That mm -hmm. ambassador gets inside access to Lego, can feed feedback up to Lego, and mm -hmm. also in, if Lego wants feedback on should we do this or that, they can go out through those ambassadors to those adult fans, to the, those really sophisticated Lego builders, right. and get feedback on that. Um, but also, if if you're doing some huge creation, I mean, if you look at uh, a Google. Lego Harry Potter. There's this woman who created this amazing, you know, four foot tall and 12 foot wide and, and six foot wide on the other dimension, uh, Harry Potter castle. And she doesn't have to pay what you and I would pay for sure. per brick. Yeah. Yeah. She gets them at wholesale from uh, Lego and so is able to do constructions like that. And so Lego does these little, um, they'll, they'll come to your convention if it's big enough and, and set up uh, some kind of Lego Worlds display or whatever the yeah. big toy is, Lego Star Wars display um, and and give you some prizes that you can give away to building uh, winners of building contests. So where do you see them taking this Lego world? Uh, I don't know. I think they're just going to wait and see where it goes. Right. Um, I, I think it's of the major strategic initiatives they're taking, it's the least interesting. Really? Yeah. 
What else are they working on? Well, I think the I think the success of the Lego Movie surprised them. Yeah. I mean, if you were to ask me uh, in five years, what is the major kind of non-brick initiative that's that's um, driving the most revenue to Lego? Yeah, I would not guess that it's a video game. <laughs> right. I, I I think it's it's you know because of the TTP issue and all the rest. They you know that that's just a really difficult place for them, and also. Parents buy Lego for their kids to get them away from video games. Sure, yeah. I think it's it's probably more the movie direction. And they've announced a sequel to the Lego movie. There's a Lego Batman movie. There's a Lego Ninjago movie, which is one of their popular toy lines with spinning ninjas and so forth. And and I think we'll see Lego competing more against Disney than against Minecraft. Well, and they and they have uh, a Star Wars shows that are on uh, that are on TV right now as well that are that are Lego characters also. So I mean they they're more of a more and more a media company each and every day it seems like. Yeah. And and but a media company that uh, has these tie-ins to these bricks because yeah. Lego's fundamental business model is almost a software model. I mean they yeah. pay about a buck a pound for ABS plastic and they sell it to us for 50 bucks a pound. That's like that's, software, right? I mean, it's, yeah, that's a good gross margin. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you were telling me uh, before we went on about something, I guess, th that's happening in, in the Philadelphia area uh, that's uh, going on at a mall uh, around here, a Plymouth Meeting. Yeah, so um, I, I don't know how you'd describe the Plymouth Meeting Mall. I'd describe it as something <laughs> that um, aspires to be second tier. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. not a it's not a high end mall. No, like we have something called the King of Prussia Mall here. That's that's very nice. This is not that at all. Well, what Lego is doing, and they're already up in Boston and Dallas and Atlanta and a number of other places, is they'll go into these kind of second or third tier spaces. They'll find a department store that's gone out of business, and they'll create an indoor playground in that huh. department store. And <laughs> so this is happening up in Plymouth Meeting Mall. It's announced. It's going to come out next year, I think. Um, and in one of the big box store stores or one of the right, smaller like a, ones, like a, you know, Macy's has shut down a bunch of stores. I'm sure that Lego right. is going around to those Macy's. And wow. And so what they do is they create these little play areas. So there's one that would be um, where you could drive little cars, right, that don't go very fast. But, it, you know, you can go around a track. Right. Or there's another where you can build uh, cars and race them and see which cars go faster than others. Wow. There's another where they make, you know, six foot tall creations out of Lego and it's kind of museum thing, another where it's just a climbing thing. And you can't get in unless accompanied by a kid. And if you're a kid, you can't get out unless accompanied by a parent. Sure, yeah. And when you leave, you go through a Lego store. And so right. if you go, you can get a right. tour. So go get, next time you're there, go, go through. And what you'll see is these parents that are just thrilled to have their kids screaming and running around in another room. Right. And they're talking or they're texting or they're doing some work. There's Wi-Fi, of course. Yeah. Right? There's a cafe. Yeah. There's a birthday room. Um, so wow. you can do the kid's birthday. And you don't have to worry, right? Because the kids can't get out, right? So, so this is that next level of, of customer connection. That Lego wants to have with with, with uh, obviously as you said with both the parents and with the kids right it's it's that parent with the the three year old or four right the preschooler right you're getting them hooked on Lego you're selling a Lego probably every time they go sure. you're making the parents love Lego yeah. right because <laughs> that rainy Sunday we've all been there oh, where the yeah. kids driving you nuts uh, around yeah. the house yeah just go go over there and and uh, and I think that that is probably likely to be more profitable and more successful long term than 
recommend this Lego Worlds video game. And the, and obviously the malls where they're going into, the, with the way that malls are right now, and it's very hard for them to build back uh, businesses into those big box stores that, that are leaving, they're looking for anybody to be able to take that type of property. Oh, my God. Think about it, right? I mean, that draws all kinds of traffic to Absolutely. the Plymouth Meeting Mall. Yep. So all those other stores are thrilled to have a, a Lego Discovery Center in the mall. So it's like kind of a mini version of these Legoland theme parks right, without yeah. all the rides and, and the other stuff, but, you know, with the food and the, the entry fee and, and, and everything else. Uh, I, I didn't even mention about the, the, the theme parks. Uh, have you been able to gain information about how well those are doing? I haven't. Um, the theme parks were one of the reasons that Lego almost went bankrupt in 2003 and 2004 right. um, because it was a business that they got into that they just didn't understand. Theme parks right. are really tricky because yeah. they they just drain cash for the first couple of years and then they become very profitable businesses. And so yeah. one of the things they learned from their experiment starting up three theme parks at once is that they don't want to do it. They want yeah. to outsource it to, um, in, in the case of the theme parks, Merlin Entertainment, who knows how to do that. Um, similarly with this... Um, this this Minecraft like game Lego Worlds, they don't do it themselves. They send it to these ex Lego people running this game, this gaming studio TT Games, and let them develop it because they're better at it. But then they will they will have those games in those in those uh, locations in malls as a piece to that that whole operation, so that you can play those games when you're in there. And they do have creative control. Just like, yeah. uh, you know, the Lego movie, Lego insisted that um, when two characters fell in love, they could hold hands, but they couldn't kiss, right? That was the Lego rule about minifigures, <laughs> oh, right? God. So there's there's this kind of Lego um, uh, set of, of rules and regulations about what Lego is and isn't. And they care very much about that. But let somebody else take the risk financially. Right. And Lego will just take, you know, their share of money off the top and... and uh, and, and sell the toys related to it. Thanks for coming in. Great to see you again. Thanks, yeah, Dave. thanks for having me. Thank you. The book, by the way, that uh, Dave put together is called Brick by Brick, How Lego Rewrote the Rules of Innovation and Conquered the Global Toy Industry. Really good inside uh, look at uh, Lego and uh, what has made them successful over the last uh, many years. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.